You're listening to From the Field, a podcast helping ministry leaders think differently, thrive personally, and lead thoughtfully. Welcome to From the Field. My name is Ryan Hughley, and I am the lead pastor of Ridgeline Church in Salt Lake City, Utah. Mm. Yeah, no one goes there anymore. (laughs) (laughs) My name's Tyler Dravitz. I'm the executive pastor of Ridgeline Church and also uh, run a ministry called uh, myxp.church. It's a ministry where we provide remote executive pastor support to churches around the country by helping pastors solve problems. Love it. We're going to talk about, I'm, I'm pumped about this topic today. Yeah. I think it's going right. to be good. Yeah. But before we jump into it, mm. we're going to talk about, well, just to give, let people know what we're going to talk about. Today, we're going to oh, talk yeah. about basic things. So not like these big, huge, impressive things, but just yeah. basic things that apparently at least some pastors don't do, mm-hmm. but really need to. Okay. Okay. We got a yeah. list of like five things, I think. Yep. But kind of in that same vein, let's talk about a small thing in your life that makes the biggest difference. I know already. All right, go. So I live in an apartment complex. I've mm-hmm. been an apartment liver for many, many years. Mm-hmm. And it's filled with cats. Your apartment has no, so many cats. No cats at all. <laughs> uh, but I live in an apartment yep. and there's a parking garage in the apartment. And when I first moved in, uh, it was 20% full. The apartment was, and so you could find a spot anywhere. It would be fine. And then as I've lived there several years, they're now 95% full. And so as a result, finding a spot in the garage, especially when you have groceries and Mm -hmm. things like that, um, is a lot more challenging. Not impossible, but just Mm -hmm. a lot more challenging, especially if you, like, come and go during, like, regular working hours. Mm -hmm. And there was this one spot in, like, the perfect spot uh, in relationship to the door, just a lot of, I got a lot of reasons Given, why yeah, you have so mm-hmm. many, so yeah. much thought. And I watched it feverishly because there are a few spots that you can pay a little bit more for uh-huh. and they're reserved and yours only. Mm. Uh, the rest of them are Fancy. like first come first serve. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I watched and watched and pretty soon it was a Subaru, uh, cross track, kind of like you have yeah. actually the same color too. And it was me. It was you. Yeah, I, I just parked there to mess with you. I, awesome. I walked two miles to work just just to <laughs> yeah. keep messing with you. I like you. it. I like it. But uh, the it, it left because I had also put in like a notice with the apartment complex to let me know, but they're not real great at that. Mm-hmm. And so sure enough, I went down after it had been like a week and a half, and I was like, "Did that guy leave?" And he left. And so the biggest thing or the smallest thing that makes a big difference in my mm-hmm. life is. The fact that I have that parking spot. And I genuinely think it's not like just like a superfluous luxury or anything mm-hmm. like that. I am thankful to not have to feel like, am I going to have to park on a different level? I just like to know that my spot is available right now. Just I'm very thankful for that. And I pull into it and think, I'm really glad that I made the choice to do this. It's awesome. I'm not like, I, I don't always do that type mm-hmm. of stuff, especially when it's for myself mm-hmm. only. I'm the only one who benefits from that spot. Yeah. And I love that I get, get That's to awesome. do it. Mine is, uh, and this is like, I mean, not that a parking spot's cool, but I think somehow mine's even nerdier than that. Oh, wow. All right. I just, I like, I like really like it. I don't, I don't have like, super expensive pen like there are people that are like insane with Mm -hmm. hundreds of dollars i've never owned like a hundred dollar pen um but i have like i've got a good pen and i'm particular about the paper that i write on yeah 
Yeah. And I, oh. I write a lot. Most of my sermons right now, I write by hand before I type them up. Okay. And I just don't, I don't like, I don't like cheap pen, like I, a ballpoint pen. Mm-hmm. No, thanks. No? Not for me. I don't oh. like ballpoint and I don't like cheap paper. Wow. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know if there's like really expensive paper, but I'm talking like it's like a $2 you used difference. You like the yellow pads. So I still, I'm a I still use a yellow pad, but I use the good one, not just the cheap generic Office Max one. Oh, yeah. there's good yellow pads? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm embarrassed that you don't know that. Okay. <laughs> That's a little thing. makes a big difference. I let, It makes my writing experience more enjoyable. Mm. I do anything I possibly can mm-hmm. to not have to write. That's true. I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to be honest with me, yeah. okay? A couple weeks ago, we were away celebrating for your birthday, mm-hmm. and you, you grabbed my pen. I think mm-hmm. I gave it to you to sign something, and it's a, it's a Coeco, I think is how you say it, mm-hmm. sport, made in Germany. And it's made out of brass. Mm-hmm. Okay, not super expensive, but it's it's a it's a nice pen. Yeah, it's not yeah, ballpoint. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and you were like, "Ooh, I like the weight of that." I literally ran downstairs and mm-hmm. I ordered you one for your birthday. Mm-hmm. That was like two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I gave it to you. Yeah, I want to know: Have you used that pen since I gave it to you? Okay, two things. Now, this follow-up question: Have yeah. you lost the pen yet? That I gave you. Well, Smarty Pants, <laughs> your pen is uh, front and center on my desk, like in between the like crosshairs of my weird computer stand. Okay. And that's where it will stay. Um, <laughs> so you haven't used a, it. A though. couple of things. One, <laughs> I don't think I've written like my name with it. I'm, I'm not sure I could tell you if the ink works, but... <laughs> It's a cool pen. And if the I, ink works. It, it, it's like a fidget cube for me because it like unscrews and then you put I it on too, and yep. then you unscrew it. And so I play with it all day long. <laughs> I mean, all day long. However, I will point yeah. out, instead of getting what I asked for, which was a nice weighted pen. Yeah. Uh, the one got I got you is lighter. It's like super light. Yeah. And so it just doesn't feel quite as like girthy as the one you've got, but... It's, it's cool. Whatever. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. But no, I'm sorry. I, I after this is that. But what would I write? Who writes? I, I mean, I do constantly. I mean, I could write somebody, or I could like digitally send somebody a message on my watch. I'm like Dick Tracy. What? <laughs> what do I need a pen for? Also, anyone that's not nine million years old does not know who Dick Tracy is anymore. That's okay. Yeah, that's fair. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's do this. All right. Well, here's where this topic came mm-hmm. from. I've had a couple instances in the last few weeks where um, something that seemed really simple and commonplace for me or for us pastorally had struck someone else in our church as surprising. Mm-hmm. And I might talk about a couple of those instances as we go. Sure. And and so I'd thought about that and realized that just because something might be common for us doesn't mean it's normal for other people. Yeah. You know, and I think that's that's not like unique to us. I think that's true for everybody. Yeah. But in light we of that, we all have something to share. Yeah, and exactly. We, we just have a podcast. Yeah, exactly. With which to share our anyone things. can literally start a podcast. Oh, so easy, so easy. Mm-hmm. But so what we're gonna do in light of that is just talk about five basic things that apparently, uh, at least from things I've heard from people in our own church, that yeah. a lot of pastors don't do, but we really think they need to. Yeah. Okay. I think that's fair. So I'll kick us off, and uh, I. I mean, I can't, this, this one does not come from someone in our church. It comes from me talking to other pastor friends mm-hmm. and, and so and staff members specifically staff members yeah. in particular. Yeah. And so I would say that one thing that past some pastors don't do lead pastors in particular, but they need to, is they need to ask staff how they're doing. Yeah. And I think you and I have both experienced this, but as we've had 
like COVID's been hard. So like, and I think I'm so sick to death of talking about how hard COVID has been. Mm-hmm. We haven't for a while, actually. It's been a minute. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's a sign it's getting better, yeah. I think. But, uh, but it has been hard. And I think as pastors, we've had a ton, uh, spent a ton of time talking to people in our church about mm-hmm. how are you doing? And I think in that, it's been very easy uh, for some pastors in leadership of other staff members to mm-hmm. then, because they're constantly doing it with people in the church, to neglect doing it with staff. Yeah. And I think this is much bigger than a COVID thing. Yeah. I I would just say if there is not individ like if there's not care that is built into your existing staff, I just feel like that's a huge, huge. I mean, I, I talked to one friend who is a pastor in a small church. Okay? Yeah. We're not talking yep. there's like 900 staff members or anything like that. There's, there's like two like, and a half. Exactly. This this person and half another. Yep. yep. And and this staff member had gone through, I mean, eight, nine months of COVID and had mm-hmm. not been asked one time by their pastor, how you doing? Yeah. Like, how has this impacted you? How's it like, and I, uh, like, I guess benefit of the doubt, assuming positive intent it's overlooked because we're like locked arm in arm. We're trying to care for this church together. And I would just still say if, if as a pastor or a lead pastor in particular, you have people that report to you, make no mistake. It is your responsibility to provide care to those people or you're just a boss and not a good one. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I, I guess what I was thinking the whole time you were saying that is your primary outside of your home and Mm -hmm. the idea of being like a pastor dad and all Mm -hmm. of those types of things. I get that your primary like place of influence and pastoring is with your team. Totally. I I think that has to be your paid or unpaid. Yeah. It, it, it just has to be the place that you invest and and all of those types of things. And if you're not doing that, you are missing out. And make no mistake, uh, I know lots of pastors who do try to invest that way mm-hmm. and ask how they're doing. And still, staff members cheat on spouses mm-hmm. and fizzle out of ministry and all of those types of things. However, if that happens in your situation... And it's not because you asked and were lied to, but you never asked. Mm-hmm. I really think that that's in some percent you have your some fault. Responsibility. Absolutely, yeah. 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 Like you're going to give an account for that someday because yeah. those sheep that God's entrusted you with, primarily the ones that you spend all this time with regularly, and and maybe you're one of those guys who goes in his office and shuts the door and don't talk to your team. Uh, don't be that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but regardless, you are within proximity to these people all the time and and they're giving their lives to a ministry that um uh that god's called you to lead by all means you should at least attempt to know how they're doing yeah and like like real attempt not like well yeah i i am passing on my way to the restroom was like hey you doing okay good and then left but you you like it's focused and intentional and ugh. yeah i don't i didn't go to seminary so i don't i don't know if this is taught in seminary or certain Mm -hmm. seminaries but if you're the like go in the office and shut the door person Mm -hmm. and all you do is study like go be a professor yeah because you're not a pastor Mm -mm. you're just a person who probably invests way too much time in your sermon prep and you're a teacher and there's and and that's not there's not a problem with that you just go teach in a university don't don't be a pastor because if you're not caring for people, you're not a pastor. Because if you spend too much time in your sermon prep, I actually know a book <laughs> that you could read. Oh, do you? Yeah, it's called Eight Hours or Less by okay. Ryan Hughley. It is. It's pretty good too. 
It is. It's yeah. great. I mean, it doesn't, it, you know, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with it. All right. All right. So ask staff how they're doing. Do not neglect that. What else? Uh, I think one of the things that we've got to do a better job of is conveying gratitude for the people who serve, who give, who all of those types of things. Because here's what I'm here to tell you. Let, let me let me just uh, like yeah. uh, right from I, yeah. we, we both hate the yeah, devil's yeah. advocate thing. Yeah. Okay, but let me play the devil's advocate on this point. Okay. What about the person that thinks like I shouldn't have to convey gratitude? They're a Christian. I'm a Christian. It's our job to serve Jesus at this church, and mm-hmm. so I shouldn't have to convey gratitude to them because they're serving Jesus, and that's right. their role. Yeah. What would you say to that, that? They're storing up treasures yeah. in heaven and all of that. Uh, this idea that people are specifically and focused Focusedly called to serve the Lord at your church, mm-hmm. I just have a lot of problems with. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying nobody is, but the percentage of people are like slim. Mm-hmm. Um, and those people could just as easily obey the Lord, be faithful Christians, and hit, hear well done, good and faithful servant mm-hmm. at the end of their lives at many of the churches in your town. Yep. I, I talked to... they are to, choosing yours. Right. I talked to a friend who okay. is a paid staff member yep. uh, this week, mm-hmm. and he has kind of had this, uh, what I told him, what I think is like a very subtle form of spiritual abuse that he's experiencing mm. because the senior leadership in his church continues to tell him that, um, you know, you're, you're, it's your calling to serve here. Yeah. And, and that's like, and he was honest with me. He's like, that's really seeping into my, to my brain. And so as yeah. he's thought about, he's a young guy, he's been in ministry for just a couple mm. years and he's thought about, he's not in the greatest situation. He's thought about like, I mean, I could go work somewhere else, yeah. but he has this like voice in his ear saying, sure. well, I can't leave. This is where God's called me. And what I told him was, I was like, dude, unless you have had an audible word from God that mm-hmm. he said, that's where you're supposed to be. Then you're called to serve there every day that you're there. Yeah. And the moment, if you decide tomorrow, mm-hmm. I'm done here. Now I work at this other church, then God's called you there. Yeah. But, but this like, at, yeah, I don't know. I just do not. I just think that's freaking weird. Sure. I mean, by no means are we allowed. You think of the parable of the talents. No mm-hmm. one can bury it in the sand. Right. We, we know what happens in that case. And so be good and be a good, faithful servant uh, where you're at. But also, I just think that that God gives us the freedom to determine where that is. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of reasons that determine that. And I don't think that that means that pastors should willy nilly just jump right. around churches right. and all of that. I'm not saying that there are people to care for and all of that. However, this idea that your people must stay at your church, otherwise they're in sin is not right. And and I think your, your point about spiritual abuse, whether it be of staff members or of high, uh, high serving. level people yeah. serving or leaders or whatever, yeah. Uh, is not acceptable, is not good, is something that we absolutely shouldn't do. And I think that as a result, we have to convey gratitude. And there's so many ways to do it. Uh, So many. Thank you. That again, we're talking like basic stuff, not like buy people cars. Yep. So for example, I've I've got uh, an example. Um, uh, We had, uh, you know, as we've talked about on previous episodes, Mm -hmm. we're back in person Mm -hmm. and the like church jumble is happening. Mm-hmm. And so we have a lot of new people serving on teams so much. So the church jumbles, what you're calling it now, the yeah. fact that people are moving like around from yeah, church yeah, to yeah, church, yeah, yeah. The church yeah, jumble. Like, or boggle. It's like, and oh, you yeah. like hit the button and then everyone reshuffles themselves. Uh-huh. So that's happening. And so we have a lot of new people serving so much so that 
not everyone, but virtually everyone serving on a team with the exception of me and you and like two others were brand new, very first time on Literally Sunday. our guest services team on Sunday. 100%. 100% brand new. Yep. So much so that when I got home on Sunday, Tammy told me she was walking into church and all these people were greeting her and she was like, who are these people at our <laughs> church? <laughs> right? In in a position. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so uh, afterwards, uh-huh. uh, you know, a couple hours after church, I was able to like... Uh, like go into our app and, and take a look and just send text messages saying, thank you. I'm so thankful you were willing to serve. Uh, some of these people had signed up like the week prior. Mm-hmm. And so they had served. And the responses I got were super encouraging to me. I mean, my point was to encourage them, but were encouraging and discouraging. One, I think some of them people had been thanked for serving for the first time in their lives based on their response and just how meaningful it was and all of those types of things. And I think that that, even that as, as a general, like, and I, and I work my hardest to remember to do that. Uh, Like some weeks you just have weeks that are a total cluster Mm -hmm. and, and you just leave and you think, I might not come back next week. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone else felt that too. Yeah. And it's real helpful to send a like, I'm sorry. And, and this week was kind of like that. We had mm-hmm. someone, uh, there was an unexpected death in their family mm-hmm. and they were going to be there to kind of help uh, lead these people. Yep. And so that's why I had scheduled so many new people because yep. we were going to divide and conquer. And then they had a death in the family and were out of town. And so then yeah, it, was it was no chaos. divide. It yeah. was, and or conquer. It was right. just like, what do you need? What do you need? What right. do you need? You know? Right. And, uh, and just like doing basic things like that, sending people cards, um, you know, we had, we had someone, so we get coffee at a discount mm-hmm. and, um, we have someone who serves at a really high level. And as I placed the order for Sunday morning coffee, I ordered a bag of coffee and gave it to them as a mm-hmm. thank you from the church the other day, or just, I mean, basic things like that, that I think can convey gratitude. It doesn't have to cost you money. It costs me nothing to send a text message. It costs me close to nothing to buy a bag of coffee. Those types of things, paying attention to, um, what people appreciate and then meeting that, uh, mm-hmm. just as a, like random side note, um, uh, conveying gratitude doesn't always mean pulling people up on stage mm-hmm. and like thanking them publicly, you know, the golden rule of treat others the way you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love and first break all the rules. One of my favorite leadership books. Uh, one of the very first rules you should break is that one. Mm-hmm. Don't treat others the way you want to be treated, treat others the way they want to be treated. Right. And so know your people, especially those that serve at a high level well enough to know how to, uh, appropriately convey the gratitude. Yeah. And I would, I'm like, it doesn't, I think it doesn't have to be fancy. It needs to be sincere. Exactly. And, yeah, um, and so that I can think you be, you said what I just said in 15 minutes yeah, in about 30 seconds. That's how we roll, man. That's how we roll. <laughs> so convey, convey gratitude. Here's another one mm-hmm. is, uh, and I think this is something that we've worked hard to get. I, I, I was just sitting here listening to this and maybe we need to do an episode on like, here's five things that we suck at. Oh yeah. Cause this one runs the risk of like, here's five things that come super naturally to us. But I would say this next point has not come naturally to me and I've had to work hard at it. Yeah. And we've made like systematic changes mm-hmm. in our church in order to be better at it. And so yep. the, this third one is to be accessible mm. to people. Yep. And I would just start by saying this does not mean, uh, I'll just say, um, I am super accessible to our church and there is not one night of the week I miss dinner with my family. Yeah. Not one. So I'm home seven nights a week for dinner. 
because my wife's an amazing cook and most people aren't for one thing. Yep, yep. And it matters to me. My kids are 13, 11 and eight. Mm. And so I've got like five more years left with my daughter. And if you think I'm skipping meals to hang out with people that I love, but are probably not going to go to my church for five years, I'm not missing meals for that. I'm just not going to. Yep. So mealtime is sacred in our family. Yeah. I will take meetings uh, a couple of times uh, a week at, in the evenings if I need to. But yeah. also, by and large, it's a it's kind of like a me, my own wiring thing. I am I wake up super early, mm-hmm. and I'm useless after 7 p.m. Yep. So I hate having meetings at night. Sure. So um, when I say be accessible, I just want to preface it with saying like, I don't, that doesn't mean I don't skip my days off. I don't skip any of that stuff, but I, when within the confines that have been set, I'm very accessible to people, meaning by and large, our whole church has my cell phone number. Yeah, and I think do. some pastors probably just threw up thinking about that, <laughs> and I was there. Like, yeah. I mean, we were when I was at Redemption. No, nope, nobody had my. I didn't give my cell phone number to anybody, mm. and uh, because and I think and here's where maybe it comes from is that we hear megachurch pastors. Yeah say like the whole church doesn't need to have your phone number. And if you're a mega church pastor, that's probably true. If you sure. have like 30,000 people in your church, they should not all have your cell phone number. Good Lord. That's insane. Yeah. And but for if, the four pastors in the country listening <laughs> that that's true of. Yeah. If uh, we have no pastors, well, they're, they're not listening, but yeah. just the four that are, that's true. Yeah. Of. yeah. But, but you being a church of 50 or a hundred yeah. and being so precious about your cell phone num- number, like I'll just say like that was me yeah. and that's ridiculous. The whole church has almost has my cell phone number. I just give it to people all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I hate email for one thing. I do yeah. prefer text. Yep. And I tell people that. And I will just say in three years, I don't feel like one time, not one time, it's ever been it's ever been abused by someone where they're sure. just like blowing me up all well, the time. And the truth is, uh, just because something comes through whether or not you do anything with it is a you problem, not a them problem. Right. You know, like coming to a place where you can work through like approval issues and all of that to yeah. just be like, I'm going to set it down for the night. I mean, there are times that even I will text you a question and I get an answer. I mean, our most active texting conversations happen between like 5 and 6 a.m. <laughs> because that's true. Because yeah. like that's when you're back up and that's when mm-hmm. I'm back up as well. I, I go to bed pretty early too and I just think that – um and that's fine, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that uh, setting that standard with people that it's not uh, a walkie-talkie. Yeah, you know, a yeah. text message is not like like I have my finger on the pulse of your life and get to like interrupt it. Yeah, it's I'm going to send something through, and you're going to get back to me yep. at some point. Yep. And I, I mean, a couple other I think little practical ways to be able to do this. One is just being visible. Before and after services mm-hmm. is huge, you know. Yeah. I think being, and I was at a larger church, and I didn't set this up. It was there when I got there. I had my own green room. Yep. Which was like, yep. e- even I was like, well, this is it the weirdest. It was built that way, yeah. yes. Yeah. This is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Um, but I did use that green room before, and I, before service, before the first service, so that I could, like, keep my head straight. And then after, I was out in the lobby and saying hello to people. Yeah. And uh, if I was, and Lord willing, if we ever get to build our own building here or build out our own building, that won't be a thing. Yeah, no. 
I want to be present before and after service. I want to greet people on the way in. I want to be able to say goodbye on the way out. It's one of the things, truthfully, I missed the most during COVID Mm. is that like even small, I mean, we're talking like one to three minute interactions with people. The way that that provides connection I just grossly underestimated for mm. me and for other people. So I think that's a big thing. And then I also think in this, the system came from you, but we use a, uh, Acuity yep. for Which people. Which is now Squarespace scheduling. Is it, oh, is, mm-hmm. it is? Yeah, they bought it. So we have a link that people can click on and mm-hmm. they can schedule. On the homepage of our app, yeah. anyone who attends our church and downloads it could put themselves in your calendar. They don't even week. have to ask me. No. I, oh, no. We set the parameters. Here's when yeah. I'm available for meetings. Yeah. Anyone can log on yep. in our church, not just every. We had a while where there was just like everyone's well, a rando. Would, yeah. So what we have, the only, the only like a gate we have people pass through is they answer the question, do you call Ridgeline your church home? And if they say no, it still doesn't stop them, but it does give them like a little pop-up of like, this is for people who come to Ridgeline. Mm-hmm. It would be cool if it tased them. If they said <laughs> yeah. no and oh, yeah. if they just got a yeah, little yeah. buzz, yeah, I could it see doesn't that. happen. Now back to your green room though. I yeah. mean, I appreciate uh, it wasn't your favorite. It was mine. I was hiding from the elders that were always mean <laughs> to me. <laughs> Uh, we had an That's overzealous true. security team who constantly yeah. changed the like code to get into the door before the door to your green room. Yeah. And the elders didn't know it. So I could hide back there. That's true. But, you could. You that know, was nice. Mean elders. My know. kids loved it too. I did yeah, like that because yeah, yeah. it gave me a chance to connect with yep. them. But, but anyway. I, I just think being, and then I've mentioned this a couple of times and I just want to continue to mention this. I think that for a lot of years, I really took a passive approach yeah. to meeting with people, which is like, if, if you want to meet with me, then email me. Yep. And now, and this is one of the primary ways that I utilize our prayer request. When I read a prayer request and it triggers something in my spirit to yeah. sound very spiritual or causes me to be concerned or whatever, I don't wait for people to reach out to me. I will te- then text them and say, hey, I, I saw your prayer request. Mm-hmm. Or not say that, but just like, love to grab lunch, yeah. come to the MC, have coffee, would love to to catch up with people. And I think that has that means a lot to people. Yeah, and what I love about that is, so we have that tool where uh-huh. anyone can click the button, and regularly these meetings are scheduled. Because I can see the difference of like who did it themselves yeah. and when you did it. And regularly these meetings are scheduled because you reached out to someone mm-hmm. and manually added it to your calendar. Mm-hmm. And so I would just caution any pastor who thinks, well, the system's there. Cl- yeah. If you yeah. can click a link and you didn't, it's your fault. Uh, I think that that's a good way to demonstrate your accessibility and like love your people well enough to pursue them. Yeah. And people, including us, by and large, humans suck at asking for help. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, like, let's just remove that and take the initiative for it. Mm-hmm. Right? I like so, it. Yep. be accessible. What else? Yeah. So, I think uh, another one uh, that is just a really important thing to make sure that we're doing on a regular mm-hmm. basis is to provide simple care. Yeah. I guess so my immediate example of this, and this is honestly, it was one of the examples that spawned this conversation. Yeah. I, uh, I've been the volunteer chaplain at my kid's school this year and I was there doing, uh, a couple of my last chapels I'm going to do for the year. And one of the teachers came up to me and she said, Hey, I'm very good friends with so-and-so in your church. They're like brand new. Okay. And, uh, 
and they've, they're really loving it. And they said that they've appreciated your teaching. And she goes, but I wanted to tell you this, um, you know, one of these two individuals, uh, had a, um, unexpected tragic death in the family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this teacher was saying, you know, they, they said that they had reached out to you and you prayed for them and they really appreciated that. And then she said this thing that I was just like, was, she was like, she goes, and then they told me that you had texted them like three or four days later just to check in and see how they're doing. Mm. And they were just like, what pastor does that? Hmm. And I was sitting there talking to this teacher and I said this to the teacher. I was like, hopefully everyone. <laughs> I said to her, I was like, wow, I'm, I'm so uh, encouraged and blessed to hear that. But how pathetic is it? <laughs> That that's not that they're like I just feel like yeah yeah, that that should not be something that's so immediately for me it made me think of like man just even the the simplest expressions of care for people make a huge difference because I think maybe tired pat like we're all tired Mm. like we've we could go on about like this forever so Mm -hmm. I'm tired I would go so far as to say I'm like two clicks from burned out. So are you. You're a half a click from burned out or maybe full-blown burnout. I don't know. So just, just to address that, <laughs> yeah. I, had, I had a friend ask me, uh-huh. or he, he had said, um, you know, I'm pretty fried. And yeah. I said, dude, I'm like totally empty, like not glass half full, mm-hmm. but glass is empty. Somebody took a paper towel, wiped it clean, <laughs> then broke the glass on the counter and stabbed me with it. That's where I'm at. Just, just so we're, just so we're all clear. Oh my anyway, gosh. Yeah. And, and his response was, you really need some time off. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Yep. Yeah. So I, th- I, I, I think that maybe like tired ministry leaders hear this and they go like to your point, how am I supposed to provide these extravagant forms of care for people when my ten- I'm not talking extravagant. I'm talking no. like basic. I really think it's so gross, but like just be a human. Yeah. I mean, and leverage the the world and the times that we live in. And so, like, for example, uh, so yours was way more significant because it was a death in the family and uh-huh. care. And I got a text message from someone just the other day. Um, we have, like, a system set up that reminds us when, like, it's the birthday for people in mm-hmm. our church. And I sent them a text message. And they were, like, blown away and, and explained, like, what's been going on in their week and this and that. And, and just really appreciated the fact that I would take – and they're newer. Mm-hmm. And so I think they were just like, I did not expect that. Uh, but it, it's not that hard because – there's a system for it. Mm-hmm. Or even uh, like we've talked about, we get our prayer requests on Monday morning mm-hmm. and there are certain times when you can tell based on someone's prayer request, when they give you the details of their prayer request that they've got like a big interview on Friday at noon. Yeah. Do you know what's really significant? Letting them know Friday at 1130 that you've prayed for their interview. Mm-hmm. And so one like, don't be the guy who just says, I'm going to pray for you on Friday, but mm-hmm. actually do it. Mm-hmm. And then number two, you want to know what I do? Uh, push the button on my watch like I'm Dick Tracy mm-hmm. two times in one Oof. one episode. Or wait, yeah, yeah two I think times in about, one episode. Yeah. I mean, Lord willing, you have not talked about Dick Tracy on two different episodes. Well, so we'll go see. Ahead. But yeah. push the button, and yeah. I ask Siri to remind me to pray for that person and let them know at 1130 on Friday. Yeah. And, and then Siri, very faithful, uh, so much more faithful than I am, <laughs> will remind me she really is. at 1130 yeah. that I am supposed to pray for that person yep. and, and let them know. And I just think that there are 
so many things. We, we're just like, I think we're just a few years away from having zero excuse. So mm-hmm. um, get ahead of the trend. I got to say, I was literally today, I'm listening to Mark Cuban on uh, Rob Lowe's podcast. I'll send it oh, to what? you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's talking about, uh, he's, a, he's a, like a really insightful, futuristic thinker mm-hmm. when it comes oh, yeah. to tech and stuff. And he's got this, I'm in the middle of this section where he's talking about AI. <laughs> it is unsettling to hear him talk about the, mm-hmm. not just like science fiction, what he think like, but stuff he's actually invested in right now. Oh yeah. I to, mean, we've talked about, it. I'm going to beta the mark of the beast, right? <laughs> <laughs> you are going to beta yeah, yeah. the mark of the beast. Well, what people assume it is <laughs> clearly, I, I, I don't mean that as, you know, heretically or damning as it sounds, but oh in the event it's some sort you, of shit. You, there is a very good possibility that you could be duped into. 100%. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> through a Windows-based looking email. Oh, my gosh. So, simple, simple care. I, You know what, what I think? Like, I don't, I've not read any study or report on this that's been done by Barna or anything like that. But anecdotally, I do wonder if that more and more what people are not used to is being thought of throughout the week Mm. by their pastor. You know, like many of us don't pastor in this, in a small rural context. Some, some listening probably do. And maybe it's still normative in some of those cultures, but in highly urban or suburban context, I wonder if people are just not used to, you know, like they're just used, like the pastor thinks about the service by and large Mm -hmm. and like running the church quote unquote, but he's not really, they're not thinking about me. Yeah. And, uh, and so I think one of the reasons maybe it's so meaningful when, a pastor or a staff member reaches mm-hmm. out is that it does convey like, wow, they're, they're not just thinking about this, you know, this program that is the service. They are thinking about me yeah. as an individual. Yeah, that's good. And I think uh, just to throw this out there, but if you are, and I think everyone appreciates that idea of being thought about. Totally. But if you are a pastor and have single people in your church, mm-hmm. uh, the number of times they wonder, does anyone think about them at any point other than when they need something from them uh i guarantee just even that like not like hey thinking about you and can you like be a greeter for tonight's prayer Mm -hmm. meeting but just genuinely like i'm thinking about you and praying for you i'm not sure that there's much that like warms my heart more than knowing Mm -hmm. that yeah i love that well, in along those lines, the last mm. thing uh, that we'll talk about today is the importance of investing in friendships. Okay. And I think we've talked about the we had the, we did Pastors a whole having friends yeah, and, and yeah, that's yeah. complicated and hard, but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would just say, I think this is true um, outside of the church, you know, and inside the church. Totally. I think I I actually want people in, especially in light of, you know. It's heartbreaking personally to see leaders that I've respected and looked up to fall morally in Mm. ministry. Mm -hmm. I also think one of the downsides to it is every time it happens, it makes the job harder for pastors who really are trying to be faithful. Yeah. Because it casts this 
this totally. like doubt or suspicion across all pastors. And if you've ever been, and I have been on a couple of different occasions, sadly, a part of a tribe where mm. a primary leader fell, like everybody's looking at you sideways. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, even with my XP, we support uh, a couple of different tribes. Mm-hmm. We'll use that denominations, word. And, networks, yeah, 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 all yeah. that, that type of thing. Uh, collections of churches, that sort of thing. And uh, when when the primary leader falls, mm-hmm. I I mean it's hell. The the penance that yeah, pastors who have it. done nothing wrong mm-hmm. have to pay. Yeah, to elders, to church members, answer questions about a person you've probably barely met and may not remember your name. Yeah. Is really sad. Yeah, but the reason I brought that up was because I I know that one of the things that you often hear about these pastors that have fallen is that they got really isolated. Yeah, they had no one totally. speaking into their life, and so I want our church to know I have friends. Yeah, I've good friends. I don't have like a huge circle of super D. De- I have a huge circle of of people that I am friendly with. Yeah, and, and I would even say yeah. I'm friends with, and I've got a small circle of people that are deeply ingrained in my, Mm. in every aspect of my life. But I want our church to know that. But then I also, I have, I would, I definitely have friendships in our church as well. And, you know, some people I think probably recoil from that thinking, well, you're showing favorites and like, yeah, Mm. I, I mean, Jesus did. Yeah. He, like if, I mean, if you're, I, I highly doubt there's a pastor listening that doesn't realize that in addition to the thousands that were around Jesus, he had 12 mm-hmm. and within the 12, he had three. Yeah. And even within the three, he had a unique relationship with John. Yeah. And so I have a handful of people in our church that I have a unique relationship with yeah. that I am friends with that yep. I am intentional about at least once a month getting lunch with or having coffee or, mm-hmm. and that is important for me. Yeah. I, I, I don't do it for them. Yep. <laughs> I do it cause I really, really need that. And I do think it makes me healthier. Yeah. I like that. It's good. That's it. That's it. That's all I got, got nothing to add. It was that. It was have friends. Have, have friends. And they're good. All right. Maybe we should do an episode at some point on like five things we are just not good at. Ooh. Yeah. People would love that. People would love that. It'd be fun to think through like what are some things we really that not that we're like, I mean, come up with none of, (laughs) you know what it is, is I love too much. Uh I work work too hard. hard. (laughs) That's an office joke. (laughs) But that would be interesting to think through. Like what things we really, really wrestle with. Yeah. Because there are a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Small groups. <laughs> yeah, we're not good at small groups. We're not. All right. Well, if this is your first time joining us, we want to say welcome and thank you. Uh, don't know how you found the podcast, but we're super glad that you did, and we hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, you can help us in three ways. One is uh, we put out a new episode every week, and so you can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Secondly, you you can leave a review wherever it is that you listen, because that helps more people find out about From the Field. And then lastly, we would love to connect with you on social media. We are both on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can find me at at Ryan Hughley, which is H-U-G-U-L-E-Y. And you can find me at at Tyler Dravitz. That's D-R-E-W-I-T-Z. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. We'll see you real soon. (laughs) Such a cartoon. (laughs) 